Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Emmanuel, we're live on Facebook recording, man. I appreciate you coming on the Sales Transformation Podcast. Glad to have you as a guest, man. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Amir. Thanks for having me. Very happy to be here. Greetings from beautiful Austria. That's where I'm calling in from. Can you show us outside? I saw a little spring snow weather. Yeah, we do have quite quite a nice view at the moment. Still some snow. snow. Yeah, I know you like to snowboard. So uh, if if the COVID craziness becomes a little bit better, you should come I'm over. No matter what. <laughs> What's that? I'm coming no matter what. Ah, all right. <laughs> You'll find your way. Uh, I will find my way, man. I, I appreciate you jumping on the show. Uh, you know, we, we love talking about uh, digital sales transformation and and leaders that have you know made pivots and 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 been part of it fortunately you're also a leader that actually is creating some of the tools um digital sales transformation tools that a leader like myself would use to go through a transformation this conversation is going to be awesome uh, before i get started i'd like to ask my guests just like a random fact about themselves that you know someone wouldn't wouldn't be so obvious from whatever you put on social media any any kind of interesting facts <laughs> yeah uh, well, if you if you look through my LinkedIn profile, you you probably see that I worked uh, like 15, 17 years ago for the World Economic Forum. You know, they host this big meeting in Davos, and it was one of my most interesting meetings. I met uh, Mrs. Merkel, uh, the prime of uh, Germany, and that's 17 yeah. years ago, right? And now we're sitting here having this interview, and it's her last year in office. So she was. It was her first year when I met her. I met her at midnight. It was after her last meeting. The next day, she got up at six in the morning again. Really unbelievable energy this 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 woman has. And and now it's in her last year. And uh, after seventeen years uh, on the on you know on the top of the German government, uh, quite astonishing yeah. lady, I would say. She's she's kept them the number one uh, number one economy in Europe for quite some time. So yeah, yeah, yeah very impressive, very impressive, very hardworking. Uh, so that was that, that. That's something not many people know. <laughs> yeah. So so you know, your your company message that AI, uh, it, you know, it plays right into the, the the future of sales, right? And it plays into digital sales transformation. Uh, and at the same time, you know, you're 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 in the startup phase, right? So for anyone listening, you know, this conversation that's looking to go from you know that zero to five million mark, right? I think it's a whole new set of. Uh, of challenges and it's 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 uh it's an interesting time to make decisions on how to go to market, you know, where your product is out now. It, it it kind of went to market during COVID, right? During this transformation. Yeah, yeah. It's actually uh, actually <laughs> our company Message AI was graded uh, graded at the peak of of COVID in in Europe. It was we we incorporated on the twenty fourth of December last year. And um, so it is quite a, a unique, you know, time to, to set up uh, a company and it comes with its own challenges, of course, right? Um, but, but there are some, some, some lessons from it, I think, that are really uh, beneficial to everyone out there who's trying to establish a new team, who's trying to establish a, a new company like we did. Yep. And I, I think, you know, I thought about when we prepared for this conversation, I thought about, you know, what, what are my takeaways from this uh, sort of crazy journey building a startup and we are VC backed. So we went actually through a venture capital program as well. And I think what kept us together as a team, as a co-founding team, we are three co-founders, was that we had a strong alignment on our vision. 
we knew the endpoint, right? So we felt like salespeople have so much value to deliver to their customers, but uh, a lack of quality in, 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 in sales messaging was blocking many of those organizations. So we felt we can unlock the value of salespeople that they bring to their customers. And that kept us aligned. Uh, and that alignment, you know, to me makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, that's, that is a big takeaway, right? I think, I think when we start our businesses, sometimes we're, we're happy to have people that want to follow us and support us. And that's, that's the win, right? And, and we don't have the hindsight to say, uh, I'm going all in in my business, you know, great that so-and-so will work, believes in me, but does he really see, and is he passionate about the vision, I think is a question that founders sometimes don't ask, right? Or, or miss. And, and I think what you are doing, right, in your own business, you are transforming your business from more of a B2B lead generation, more SDR outsourcing business into a sales transformation, digital transformation business. Yep. So you are, you, are on the, you, are, you are on a change management project. And, and there's this saying that I 100% believe in that culture, it's process for breakfast, right? I mean, if you have the right culture, the right vision, things will work out. Uh, and, and you can have the best processes in the world in your team, in your change management. You have to have this alignment on vision and culture. And I think that that drives great transformation projects. And, and that's really, I think, something uh, that, that, that you're um, you know, doing as well in your hiring, in your conversations. So we're doing team. it and there's a lot of learnings from it, right? And, and, and I think to take what you just said much further, I think that I think that you could go a step further and say that leaders that are planning on making changes like this too, should actually reach out to people that have gone through these changes to pick their brains, understand what can happen, what, you know, how to do it, because it, it it's, happens very often, but I think people don't see it. They don't notice it, right? Because we don't celebrate pivots. We don't celebrate change management. We celebrate, unfortunately, in America and probably in Europe, we celebrate highly profitable, uh, excuse me, highly valued unprofitable companies, right? Which is a little bit, you know, um, interesting, but that's kind of, you know, Coinbase is worth like 85 billion. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know how much profit they earn, but I doubt it's anything that would pay back $85 billion over the next century, but that's not neither here or there. But um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's been a big learning process. And also, you know, culture is, is it, it, what's interesting about change, which I could share with you and anybody here is that also, as a leader, if you don't communicate why you're doing the change, the people that are most threatened by change will also become the most negative procrastinators of the actual organization. And you have to be very mindful of that, right? Um, you know, we're, you know, it, it's 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 uh, it's an interesting journey, right? And I think that you know, I'm in a stage. I went through your stage of zero to five. Now I'm in the five to ten, right? So it's interesting. What got you here will get you there, right? Um, but I think one, two things that we both can agree on is that product market fit can get you to where you want to get to. I, I wanted to say, I mean, you're, you're spot on, right? Finding product market fit and more importantly, seeing when you don't have it, right? And accepting it, having a cold eye on your own performance, on your own metrics is super important. It's too easy to think, okay, we have some nice traction, but is it really product market fit? How much pain does it cost a customer if you take away the product? I, I love that definition. Yeah, and, and at the same time, it's also, you know, it, it, you, I was celebrating a low non-renewal last year. Then I said to myself, well, wait a second, is that success? If it could have potentially been a 100% growth rate, right? So it's also even 
it goes a step further, you know, where you're saying, you know, you can grow. I look like a product at yours, right? And 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 I I, I don't know your model, but being familiar with the space, I would say that it might be a per lease license uh, model, right? So, you know, it's almost behooves you to find a company to work with that has product market fit, right? Because then they can actually use your tool to, because it, it, it's two and two together, right? Like if your product helps with messaging and all this stuff, that's great. But if the message doesn't help anybody, it ain't going to go anywhere. And, and, and you could fix a problem. But if I'm selling you a Porsche 911 Turbo for a million dollars, no one's going to buy it. But I'm selling you a 50K, you probably buy it, right? A brand new one. So it's like, it's interesting because I think a lot of founders also, also forget to understand what product market fit is and understand the importance of targeting the right clients, right? Because if you don't target the right clients, your data is going to be skewed, right? Yeah. Hundred percent. And if if we just go through the process that we had, right? So we had this alignment on the vision. We knew, you know, we want to solve this. We want to unlock the potential of salespeople, help them to spark meaningful human connections between, you know, to help companies grow. And then and then we went into, you know, hundreds of interviews with SDRs, with sales leaders. And and what we then uncovered was really sort of three problem areas that salespeople were facing when when writing written outreach right and we are talking now about sdrs and bdrs in the b2b SaaS industry so those were that it's just very hard for them to write good sales copy you know if you think about what goes into good sales emails you know how long should it be what's the right tone what's the right call to action uh, how do you open it what references do you use that that's that's really a pain for many people the second issue was around personalizing it right so making it relevant for the target persona they're addressing and then the third element, which was, I find the most fundamental one is that if you look at marketing, they have, you know, they can send 10,000 emails to A-B testing, personalize a little bit, and then they get insights of what triggers success on certain dimensions. Now, if you look into what salespeople are doing, they are sending highly personalized outreach messaging. They don't have this data-driven insights of what works and what doesn't for their different target persona. And that's why what you say is so important, right? You have to know what target you're addressing. You have to understand your target persona, but then you also need to know what resonates with that target persona. And that's exactly where we come into the, into the equation. So we are sort of sitting on top of, you know, those sales engagement tools like sales loft or outreach, right? That manage the sequence, the, the quantity of outreach, yep. uh, the different touch points. And I know your team uh, is doing that as well, right? The different touch points. Uh, calls, email, social, and, and, and chats, but we are sitting on top and we are looking at the quality of the content. So what does resonate? What, I mean, is the analytical tone really the best for a marketing leader in food and beverage in the US? And what is the optimal length for an email to a CEO in the construction industry in Canada, right? In, in sales, people don't know that. And, and, and that's what, the, what they have no data-driven insights. What they have is uh, and if total evidence experience, but we bring the, the data. You make it actionable. You're basically giving a digital sales transformational tool that allows a company to produce more, to help more people. Because produce right. is an old school word. That, that's how many leads you got. Help right. is a real measure of, I think, a successful SDR. You're giving a tool for a company to enable a salesperson to help more of their future clients without scaling more people and scaling efficiency and quality. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the, the mental picture I like to see is if, if you imagine you are an SDR now, 
you're addressing a certain, you know, you're addressing this head of marketing in your ICP, in your in your target, in your, in your ideal customer profile, and and you would have a, a professional copywriter and a data science scientist next to you, right? R while you write this message, uh, that that's sort of our vision. And I think what's also important is that that is not a new platform, as you said, right? I mean, there are enough tools out there. We integrate basically into Gmail, we integrate into Outlook, we integrate into Salesloft. So it's an, it, it, you even don't know. Even if the tools are already using, yeah. No, no change management. No, the exactly. only big change is that you're, you're getting actual information on, on the wording. Yeah, exactly. Um, who, who, wants another, who wants another tool? Look, Nobody. this makes a lot of sense to me, right? Yeah. I'm like, we, 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 I tell people that salespeople are scientists, they're detectives, we're finding problems, we're running experiments, right? Um, and if you look at science in general, like we were running experiments and the tools that we got in science, we're getting more better and better to measure. Yeah, we, we are basically augmenting know-how and help, and help salespeople, you know, to write just more effective uh, more effective outreach. And if you think about, I mean, you are, you are in sales transformation, right? And, and I mean, you're spot on at this stage because COVID changed everything, I would say, right? There's basically no field rep anymore in the world. They're all now, you know, inside sales, uh, SDRs, however you call them. And, um, you know, the number of sales emails went up 72% in the last 12, uh, 12 months. So sales teams are sending more sales emails than ever before, but response rates, went down 25% on it. Oh, Hubstaff had a good report there. I think it was accurate. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It, was like a, it was like a negative response rate on one of them. I was like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but, but I mean, just, just, I mean, for me, that's, it, it's so obvious, right? If you see that picture, you have more and more sales emails sent, you have more and more touch points. It's time to focus on quality again. And, and I think you are really in, in a very interesting space or the, the two of us, right? It, it's all around transforming sales teams, transforming okay. how, they, how they do the outreach. Uh, and, and bring back, you know, the focus on the customer. Biocentricity is is really a key word here uh, in that concept, context. I think. Yeah, I'm like, look, the space that I'm in, which 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 is, I love it. Is is I am I am helping the future customers of leaders like yourself solve their problems. Right. It used to be, Emmanuel, I'm going to help you get you know sales qualified meetings. That's that's not transforming sales. When I say, Emmanuel, you know, I'm going to help you, your future customers solve their problems, then I'm actually thinking out of the box, right? Um, you know, as a leader, you know, do you have any recommendations for when an organization should start hiring a sales team? Do you think a company should go hire a CRO, VP of sales, a EAE? Like, how did you guys go to market and what kind of learnings do you have from that that you could share? Yeah, a super interesting question. I think what's... Um... Uh, our go-to-market is is mainly a product-led growth model, right? So so we do lots of. If if you think about it, you you could say part of our product is like Grammarly for sales, right? Grammarly. That no, makes sales. a lot of sense. Product uh, like yeah. Right. It's just focused on that, and then you go with a product-led model. It's great in bottom-up demand, uh, but one of the issues if you are purely in a product-led model is let's say you know you see that in in a big SaaS company you have now three, four, five salespeople who are using your tool. Right, and you and, and you see that because you're monitoring that, but how do you get then this next step to get the sales leader to actually make a purchase purchase decision, right? To buy the tool for the whole organization, to integrate it with your CRM, to get you past the IT security team, and that's why I'm a, a firm believer in combining product-like growth with a B2B sales play. So when you have this product-like growth strategy and you see 
companies where multiple people are using your product, then deploy a B2B sales team that's getting in there, calling the sales lead and accelerates the adoption process. So yeah. I, I believe B2B sales, and even, you know, if you speak with people at Slack and they're often used as an example of, of a company that has no sales teams, of course they have sales teams. Of course they have. The, the, the big story is the-, the Customer success, you can call it customer success, but the only difference that changes is when you're doing, you're basically doing outreach on a set of records, right? You got strangers, you got, you got people that are awareness, people consideration, people maybe making decision, maybe lost opportunities, right? And then you have customers. That's the only difference, right? Yeah. So they call it customer success because the list is customers, right? But it's sales, right? And, and, and you can call it an SDR, you can call everything a customer success really, but that's a different message. That message is very specific of, did you see our new feature? Do you have a problem that our new feature can help? Is everybody in the company aware of the problems we can fix? How can I help you more, right? And asking that question, you could all of a sudden land and expand. Let's bring it back, right? A lot of people do product updates with marketing automation and you got a 10% open rate and X amount is hitting the, uh, the box. So sorry, right off the bat, that ain't effective. 80% of people not opening your thing is not effective, right? But they do it. Because it's very rare, I've seen it very rare to see companies that do um, a combination of you know, an SDR, customer success play, and automation. It's usually owned by marketing, they do automation, or owned by sales. But in reality, revenue department, blend, run the experiments, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, if someone's, if someone's potential um, to use your product is maybe five users, it might not be as cost effective to use personalization, you know, it was almost my why, right? I'm like, I want to help CEOs and leaders focus on their products, not managing people. Right. Um, and you know, I'm doing it X way and you're doing it X way. Right. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't, a, a machine is, is writing these emails and processing it, but you obviously are a company as employees. Right. So it's just interesting how a lot of us uh, leaders that play in this space have a common goal. We just don't know it yet. Yeah, and, but but there's also this, you know, you are, you're talking about this make or buy decision that people are making, right? Should I should I make it myself in in house, right? Should I build my own SDR team, or will I buy that service in? And and the interesting thing is, there are certain things you can build yourself, but then there are certain things that others are just much much better in doing, right? I mean, when we work with hundreds of companies, we understand the target personas you're addressing. That's data that no company individually will ever have. So it's always better for, for them basically to rely on a bigger and broader data set. And very similar, you, you work with sales teams all the time. You train them, you coach them, you, you manage the whole hiring process, the development process, and so on and so on. So you take away a lot of the hassle, right? Uh, and you deliver results. And then you know the, the business can focus where they have a unique value that they deliver to other uh, businesses. And that's, I, I think, a nice framework to think about it, because as you say, then they can focus on where their core competence is. It's a balance. Yeah. It, it's a crazy balancing act. That's why us founders, you know, stressed out sometimes. Um, Emmanuel, this has been amazing. I, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go because I probably want to actually pick your brain a little bit more and use your tool after this call. Um, but for anybody who would like to improve the efficiency of their emails and or learn about some of your case studies and data and how you help people and companies succeed, how can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Where are they going? 
Hey, super, Amy. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, any, oh. Anyone who is interested in learning uh, yeah. more about MSHAI, go to www.mesg.ai. Uh, you can sign up there for our early access list uh, and, and I'll, I'll see your email and I'll reach out to you, of course. Thank you very much for, for, for hosting this podcast. I think it's- We're going to have this again and we're going to go over the actual data because I'm going to yeah. run some experiments. Do that. I want to give people, I want to give people it is A, B, C, it, you know, yeah. this is because that's, you know, we can all follow that, right? Um, but this has been awesome. I appreciate you having me on um, and everybody, thank you for listening to the uh, Sales Transformational Podcast. Have a good one, guys.